0: And then my my managers had the gall to bring me a new uniform today and give us all the talk about like keeping the booth clean and keeping your uniform nice and shit. And I'm just like, where's my fucking COVID vaccine? Where's that? Where you you had me, you had me take a fucking photo. Let me show you this photo. Uh-huh. <laughs> yeah, please. What the hell is my thing? Well, it's att- it's attached to a shirt that's in the other room. But anyway, they got me an ID tag, and they didn't even put the right hospital on it. It says it says shady side, and I work at fucking Mercy. Like
1: <laughs> so they're just they're just telling people, oh yeah, no, we'll get you a vaccine, sure. And then they just pull like an old expired ID out of this bin they have of like yeah. people who quit.
0: Yeah. Oh, and then today, okay, I have a story from today that's relevant to this show specifically, <laughs> which is that I witnessed a gathering of paramedics, EMTs, you know, medical first responders. Right outside Uh my booth today. They were all standing in a big circle, smoking, mostly. And their supervisor was standing in the middle. And you could tell he was the supervisor because he looked kind of like he ran a cafeteria, but he had emblems on the sides of his shirt (laughs) sticking out of his vest. And this guy kept telling them that, like, the old system's going away, okay? And they're, like, furious. They're, like, we love the old system. The old system works. It saves lives. And he's, like, it's going away. And the one guy's, like, we can't even do the one thing, the the thing that helps us with everything, and he's like, nope, completely gone, completely gone. And then, as he's talking to these people and like ruining their fucking day, probably wor- ruining their work year, he keeps pulling down his mask to accentuate things he's saying. And I'm like, are, are, are you or are you not a medical professional? <laughs> what the fuck? Like, <laughs> it was the most demented shit I've ever seen well that's not true honestly i saw something something even more fucked up literally the day before but like yeah it, it, if, you th- if you think there's any competency to the covid rollout in this country i can guarantee you at least in pennsylvania 100 percent, there is not it's yeah. non-existent it's a lie Uh, on that note, welcome everybody to the show. This is Work Stoppage. I'm one of your hosts, John.
2: I'm Lena. I'm Dan.
0: And uh, this is a public episode. So if you want to support us a little bit more and get twice as many episodes per month, uh, you can support us on Patreon for five dollars a month. If you want to help us out a little bit more, if you don't have the five bucks, leave us a five star review on Apple Podcast. It really helps people find the show. And don't forget to hop in the Discord so you can see all the hot memes and uh, get enraged every time someone posts <laughs> a worker news story.
3: So yeah,
2: <laughs> yeah, and especially the um, the Patreon is great because where you've been covering, uh, we're going to continue it uh, this episode. But our our modern slavery kind of. Thing in the last episode we covered um, the kafala system, um, and and if you don't know about that, it is. It's super interesting so make sure to grab that episode yeah we're gonna
0: talk a little bit more about that later today yeah. i think
2: yeah
1: a related issue <laughs>
0: right but first we want to talk about something that happened and that has everybody just like excited <laughs> excited biden said biden said a few words everyone <laughs> biden Me? came to a fucking union rally and he said These folks probably deserve some money and everyone lost their fucking
1: minds. This is the progressive progressive president ever. (laughs) Literally his quote was, you should all remember that the national labor relations act didn't just say that unions are allowed to exist. It said that we should encourage unions. There should be no intimidation, no coercion, no threats, no anti-union propaganda. No supervisor should confront employees about their union preferences.
0: That is, A, incredibly basic shit that like everybody (laughs) should just note right off the bat, and B, those are provisions in the National Labor Relations Act because unions forced the government to put them there. This framing of, like, we should all remember that Big Daddy Uncle Sam gave you these working rights and and that there's a process to be followed here – fuck you yeah absolutely not
2: yeah and i mean like they don't even protect against this shit union busting is legal there's literally like a part in the government that says that they are persuaders like there's literally a classification in the government for those assholes called persuaders yeah you know what they used to call a persuader
0: uh, a, a bat wrapped in barbed wire, you know, and it wasn't, it wasn't, the, but uh, yeah, people are just like crapping their pants about this. Like in the late, in the payday report article that we were looking at, I saw that it's, there was just a little standalone paragraph. One sentence is, said labor historians hailed the speech as a landmark turning point. And now presidents help unions. <laughs> I'm just like, Oh really? Who, which, who?
3: <laughs> yeah. Yeah. What, what, what labor, labor historian, historian
1: is like such a fucking Brainwormed lib that they think that somebody who's like (laughs) So labor historian Ira okay that-
2: Tanden says <laughs> Yeah,
0: <laughs> yeah." labor historian and prominent YouTuber Valsh said that
3: <laughs>
1: <laughs> Joe Biden <laughs> Biden said we shouldn't eliminate all unions immediately hailed as most pro-union president of all time, which really <laughs> just gives you an indication of how fucking broken everything is here yeah. Yeah. You know, and
0: like, This was one of the big selling points of Biden, right, was that at least on domestic worker issues he was probably gonna be better than Trump. But it's like, what what do we get? We get like a few kind words. Like this is this we is get the, the labor rights equivalent of thoughts and prayers. A hundred percent.
2: Yeah, I mean, like, I'm pretty sure that he didn't wait for people to ask him if he's going to pass the PRO Act, so... You no, know. Right. Yeah, like... Yeah. Sorry, the,
1: Jack, no PRO Act for you. Like, we, <laughs> there's been no discussion of the PRO Act, there's been fucking dragging their heels on trying to get out the stimulus check and trying to narrow it down to as few people as possible, yep. they keep hacking away at the unemployment insurance and the relief bill. So, like, in every material way... He's been a continuation of fucking Trump, much less Obama, uh, but, you know, came out and said a few slightly nice things. So he's, you know, the most pro-labor president. Yeah. Well,
0: Jesus. this is what the liberals wanted, right? Was they wanted yeah. a, the guy who, who would come out and say the nice thing, right? Like, yeah. this, is, this is the reward
1: for and, electing Biden. This is and, the toy inside the Kinder Egg. And he couldn't even come out and do as much as somebody who's actually cool, right. Right, which is Danny Glover who yeah. <laughs> has actually been in Bessemer, Alabama, standing on the the line with the, the workers there telling people to vote and uh, out there with this sign that says, remember mail your yes ballot. Um, mm-hmm. And also uh, he recorded a video message to support the, the workers at the plant. And like D- Danny Glover has been like uh, on like the labor movement side, basically like his, his whole career. Mm-hmm. Um, he's been in a bunch of like really pro labor movies. He was in, sorry to bother you um and he's I've seen like there's been a ton of like strikes in the past that I've seen like often like the one the first celebrity that actually like does anything to support them is is Danny Glover so I just think it's it's really cool that um, somebody in his position who like doesn't have to get involved with this in any way is actually like show, physically showing up. Yep. to mm-hmm. to stand out there with the workers and support them.
0: Yeah, and lots of props to him. If you do if you do a cursory Google search of times that he showed up to support. Uh Striking workers or labor activists or whatever—it's like, you know, 2021, 2019, 2017, 2015. He tried to save the postal service. Like, it's like every two years he's like, I need to save the working class, uh, <laughs> which rules. I love that.
2: Yeah, I was watching the actual like the video clip of him like being reported on the news because that's when the news was, like really was out there. They had a bunch of news people out there talking to him, and like this dude can talk about labor. Like, yeah, he yeah. he knows his shit, and uh, and through watching that. I was seeing everybody in their RWDSU shirts, and so uh, though this is an audio medium, you can just know that I'm <laughs> wearing my old, very worn RWDSU shirt <laughs> today while recording.
1: <laughs> yeah, so uh, so that was just, we just wanted to mention a couple of those things since the Bessemer uh, election is obviously going to be looming large over Labor News for uh, for the next month or so. Um, yeah, but um, yeah, but so I'm don't conf- let anybody
0: tell you there are there are no good celebrities. All right, right. We, Danny Danny Glover. There's at least one good celebrity. <laughs> <Yes>. Yeah,
2: <laughs> yeah. So in the next part in our Amazon Watch segment for today is um it's this kind of confusing article which is really interesting. Take is like Amazon has been co- put. Making ads and tweeting videos and stuff like that, supporting the fifteen dollars minimum wage. Uh,
3: Ah, yes.
2: And and I and I feel like, um, though this is a weird op, and I and I I really like to understand it better. Um, Well, From
0: like what I gleaned from it, it's like the privilege of their position, right? Like they're so big and they're so monopolized that they can pay. They're already paying their workers. Like this was a big news item. I think it was two years ago, roughly, when they said like we're instating a company wide uh, $15 minimum wage. And they're basically doing it because like it's a good PR move. Yeah. Right? That's what I was figuring. And then they can put pressure on their competitors. They don't, they don't actually care about paying their employees $15 right. an hour. And a lot of them functionally still don't make that or even close to that.
1: Right. Like, so this is sort of a multi-pronged thing for Amazon. Like they mentioned in here, um, this, uh, Stacy Mitchell, a co-director for the Institute of self-reliance says that like my read of it is that they, for purely labor market reasons, had to go to $15 an hour to meet their huge staffing needs and recognizing they were going to need to do that anyway, because of the marketing conditions, they, uh, turned, decided to parlay it into a publicity move. Right. Uh.
0: Yeah, so it's always something they were gonna do. And it's the same thing with the McDonald's kiosks. Don't let people tell you that like raising the minimum wage puts workers out of a job. Like McDonald's is gonna roll out those fucking kiosks minimum wage or no.
2: I was thinking that like, well, the if they raise the minimum wage to fifteen dollars an hour, like they're going to just say, "Oh, this is our victory," and then they're not going to give like the difference between like the 725 or even like the some states where it's slightly higher, and that $15 mark is not going to be a raise for the workers. That is not right, going right. to like like we're not going to be like, "Hey, we're we're actually going to take that difference." And add it to your wage so that it is clear how much you're being compensated over the minimum wage. No, they are going to maintain their wages the exact same as they are because they are already meeting that standard according to the government. So, yeah, it it definitely makes sense that it's just some sort of marketing ploy because they technically already pay everyone over $15.
1: Well, and the other thing about it is that it's, it's kind of also a marketing coup for Amazon in the way that they shape public perception of warehouse work. Right, Because we now think of it, associating it with Amazon, that this is, you know, oh. quote-unquote, as we've talked about this in the past, quote-unquote, unskilled labor. And mm-hmm. so it's something that should be paid the minimum wage. But the thing is, that's not how – I mean, again, as we've said in the past, unskilled labor is a fake term. Like, all labor is skilled labor. Right. Um, but additionally – Like the common comparison is between working at Amazon or working at Walmart since they're, you know, two of the the nation's highest employers. But like the work in an Amazon warehouse is very different than the work in a Walmart facility. Not that like Walmart workers shouldn't be paid more. They absolutely should. But it's not necessarily an apt comparison. In New Jersey, for instance, uh, warehouse workers before Amazon built several large facilities there, uh, warehouse workers were making an average of $24 an hour. Then Amazon moved in, and in 2019, the average warehouse worker's wage had dropped from 24 dollars an hour to 1750. So, yeah, mm. like, which is drastic. Yeah, imagine so like is, your wages got slashed by what is that?
0: Seven and a half dollars an hour?
2: Yeah, it's yeah, six and a half. But yeah, six and a half. Yeah, yeah. I mean, like, I I can't imagine that, like. Because, like, clearly they're like, oh, we're for raising wages, but then the actual significance of what they do is to drive wages down. I mean, like, and and the idea that competition creates this great uh, benefit for all people, it does not. It creates some great benefits for some people at the top who can drive these wages down and not have to pay workers.
0: Yeah, and this whole process is really... um uh, the, the wheels are greased for it by the fact that Amazon is trying to kind of apple warehouse work. They're trying to make it, um, what do you call it, uh, when something is specific to one company. Like, you learn the Amazon warehouse skill proprietary. You learn right. the Amazon warehouse skills, and they don't transfer to other warehouses. Like, you are now a trained Amazon warehouse worker. And they also have this way of, like, arranging the work so that you're not using traditional warehouse skills. They can just hire anybody in off the street and then they just micromanage you with these insane, you know, metric systems that end up with creating a lot of worker injuries and deaths, not to mention overworking and exhaustion. And then it also, it helps them monopolize not just their product market, but also the labor market is now being directly tailored to whatever systems they're using. And they're not like the new Bell Labs or anything. They're not doing innovations that like you know, companies across the world will use to improve our lives. Like this is all going to stay inside the Amazon box. Yeah. I mean,
2: yes. I guarantee there's going to be, there's definitely going to be training programs for high schoolers that basically make them ready to pack boxes for Amazon without a for doubt. Sure. I mean, if it doesn't exist now, it's going to exist next year. Yeah. So
1: yeah. And this, this vice article that most of this is from also just mentioned that, like, despite Amazon, because Amazon's, like, you know, all their talk about how great their wages are. Uh, last year, a GAO study found that uh, more than 4,000 Amazon employees are on food stamps in nine states, uh, which is the fifth most of any company in the country behind Walmart, $2 store chains, and the company that is covered in our next couple stories, McDonald's. Oh, McDonald's. <laughs> And since we're talking about the $15 minimum wage, uh,
0: who better to bring up next than McDonald's in complete contrast to the way Amazon is trying to opportunize on this? <laughs> McDonald's just doesn't want it to fucking happen. Right. The, the last thing that they want is, uh, is a $15 minimum they wage. They created, created because their own like to pretend. security
2: agency to stop yeah. it, right?
0: That's right. And they like to pretend like there's some kind of like small margin, like upstart company that's barely making ends meet or something. Like you can just look this up on the internet. It's not (laughs) true. yeah but like yeah publicly well but
2: company. john the thing you don't understand is that it's a uh, it's not mcdonald's fault it's all the franchisees fault and they're totally separate companies very different not the same they're very different <laughs> not the
0: same that's 100 percent correct and that's why the fast food giant needs a secretive intelligence unit to monitor its own workers activities uh with the fight for 15 movement and they are using social media monitoring tools, according to two sources who worked at McDonald's who had direct knowledge of the surveillance and leaked documents that explain the surveillance strategy and tactics. So, they're the the McDonald's are like, we could hire the Pinkertons, or we could release the new Mick Pinkerton. Uh, buy one, get one half off. Uh.
2: The Mick Pinkerton—that's yeah. the greatest new dig against libertarians. I'm definitely going to use that.
1: Yeah. <laughs> Instead of um, McNukes, we've got McPinkertons. Oh man, now I'm just. <laughs> This is just making me realize that that's going to be a thing. They're going to gig economy of five being a Pinkerton where you sign into the mm-hmm. Mick Pinkerton app and fucking spy on your neighbor's like Tumblr posts.
0: Yeah. the com- Everything's just going to be distilled down to the competing user bases of striker yeah. and breaker. Like
1: <laughs> that's going to be it. <laughs> the first <laughs> corporate war is going to be between like the gig workers of two different, like, temporary private military contract and that's the (laughs) exact
2: ideal that the like the i was just joking about libertarians but that's kind of like that sort of um mini fiefdom thing like like you need police to protect private property and if you're not going to and if you're trying to get rid of the state you need to have your own police and so you got what do you have you have the mick pinkertons of course
1: yeah yeah and this uh this motherboard article um mentioned that their intelligence analysts have gone so far as to create like face fake facebook personas so that they can go in there and try and reconstruct friends lists and networks of people who are involved in fight for 15 so that they can then spy on everyone that they know to try and establish this like total inf- to to borrow a phrase from the early 2000s total information dominance <laughs> Over yeah. their interactions you, with their workers
2: if i post the like this episode or any episode somewhere and you happen to find it and then you try to friend me on facebook i'm not going to accept your friend request just know, just know that like i don't accept <laughs> i don't just accept randos specifically because like i imagine that people who like maybe have good intentions but especially if there's not much information on your profile i'm gonna assume that you're just mapping my friends list
0: yeah, well, I mean, like, that's probably what all of those, like, weird alien profiles were. Remember that a few years ago oh, when yeah. everyone was like, why are these aliens with weird, like, uh, Amharic names, like, friending me on Facebook? And it's like, it's probably just, like, Twitter trying to figure out what your Facebook friend's map looks like and how to replicate that on the bird app or something, you know? It's like... Right it if if something weird is happening there's a pretty good chance it's just like weird corporate espionage
1: <laughs> yeah uh-huh. <laughs> and like in addition this article points out that uh, one of the country's top uh anti union law firms little Mendels- uh, Littler little Littler Mendelssohn Littler-
2: which <laughs> I actually have met some of those motherfuckers personally. I sat down across the table from those motherfuckers and I hope that they burn in hell. Yeah, I mean they're <laughs>
0: enormous, right? Like I looked them up and I was like, Oh, they're based out of Pittsburgh, and I was like, No, they're not based out of Pittsburgh. They're based out of everywhere. They have an yeah, office in like right. every fucking city in the US, Canada, Australia, uh-huh. like the entire English speaking world. I went in, I went up in capital. that
2: building, they got water pitchers in every room, and like little coasters that say Littler Mendelssohn on them. Oh.
0: Uh, just the kind of people you want to just like
1: turn a (laughs) golf pencil on like (laughs) and so for years these uh this this law firm has had a legal hotline for mcdonald's franchise owners that they can call for advice on how to deal with protests and organizing activities and in addition, again, despite the fact that McDonald's, you know, washes their hands of everything No, no, it's not us. It's the franchises. In 2014, according to a lawsuit, uh, well, documents retrieved during a lawsuit, the Memphis Police Department said they received authorization from the president of McDonald's to arrest protesting <laughs> McDonald's workers affiliated with Fight for 15. So oh, I mean I thanks. can't make fun of
0: libertarians anymore because they got their way. <laughs> they got their way. Police receiving authorization from the president of McDonald's is just like, yep. that's
1: it. It's done. Like if, if they even laid the system like, bare, what does? Like This isn't like, I don't know, like the Beaverton Police Department mm. in like some twenty person town. Like Memphis is a decent sized city.
2: <laughs> yeah, I mean like when, when you're when you're uh Basically going to be arrested or not based on if the the company's like, you know, they're really not actually meeting their messaging goals. I think that we can just let them stay out there and waste their breath. Or, oh, these people are actually maybe getting their point out. Will you please arrest them, Mr. Police? Like, that's exactly what's happening. And that's actually... Probably what's been happening the whole fucking time. Yeah,
0: I mean, like, and the, the whole, like, McDonald's, like, executive board has been saying shit like, oh, uh, we are, you know, we don't do anything unlawful. We've only been using publicly available information. Right. And it's like, look, technically making fake Facebook profiles and friending people to get through that tiny little layer of security, it's still technically public information. Like, anyone with two brain cells to knock together sees what you're doing here. And anybody who's ever worked in in like a, a competitive, like jockey corporate environment knows that the psychos at McDonald's who are trying to spy on the workers are just like definitely not playing by the rules and then filling out the paperwork at the end of the day to make it look like they did. Because who do they turn that paperwork into? the McDonald's corporation. You know, <laughs> right. not not an auditor, not an arbitrating party, none of that. None of that. It's all internal. So they're not accountable to anybody. And the police don't care. The the government certainly doesn't care.
1: Everybody in power wants McDonald's to get their way on this. Well, and what I thought was interesting was you see in here when they're confronted with this, they do the same thing that we hear from the government when the government gets called on doing bullshit in court, which is they, they're saying that, oh, we don't do anything wrong. We're fo- we do have a team, quote, focused on identifying any potential safety threats that could pose harm to our crew, franchisee, and customers in nearly 40,000 communities globally in which we operate, which yeah. is the same thing Amazon said when they started spying on their workers and got called on it that, oh, we're just doing this to help keep our employees' buildings and inventory safe.
3: Yeah, like what, <laughs> just what like is corporate- the...
1: The corporate equivalent
0: of getting caught like rummaging around in someone's room and being like, oh, just doing a routine safety check.
2: <laughs> yeah. Like, oh, no. What if, what if there's a safety hazard because there's workers out front of the building and we think that we can get, say that they're blocking the door? You know, that's, that's exactly what it is. They can justify all of that sort of uh, union busting tactics yeah. by just saying that it's a safety issue because. I don't know. A bunch of people getting together in a pandemic is now unsafe, but they were totally willing to do it as long as it's inside the building, packing boxes.
0: You're right. Yeah, well these workers have brought out signs and started picketing for their rights. Better call the uh fire marshal.
2: <laughs> like just whoever's available. Well, their friend their friend the police chief probably.
1: Yeah, exactly. Exactly. Yeah. And, and they have a quote in here from this professor at the University of Illinois College of Law, Matthew Finken, who, sa- who does say that surveillance for the purpose of determining union activity is a violation of federal labor law. But like, as we've seen time and time again, A, I'm sure nothing is going to happen to them because they can just be like, again, like you were saying, oh, we were just using publicly available information and skate by on that technicality. Yeah. It's and the even fucking, if they it, were. It's,
0: it's the legal equivalent of I'm not touching you. Like, that's right. literally what it is. They're, like, just an inch <laughs> from your fucking face. Like, I'm not touching you. I'm not touching you. Like... <laughs>
2: Oh, oh, gosh. That, those that, that And you know what? The uh, kind of reaction to that, which is to want to punch that person in the face. <laughs> totally and, justified. <laughs>
3: exactly. Hunter was
0: still totally an obvious invasion of your personal space and an unwarranted, like, unwanted physical interaction. But you can't do anything because technically, legally, a judge or the parliamentarian of the Senate or whoever can say, well, technically they weren't touching you.
1: <laughs> and, like... I did appreciate that they do have a good quote in here from um, Gloria Muchaka, a uh, McDonald's worker and a leader in the Fight for 15 movement in Houston, who said, quote, it's a shame that instead of listening to workers' demands about what we need to stay safe on the job and support our families, McDonald's is spending its time and resources trying to undermine our voices. We're not afraid and this won't stop us. These desperate efforts by McDonald's only show the power of the movement that we've built over the past eight years.
2: You know what? And I think that that line really exemplifies one of the grievances I had with the writing of this particular article when they had the line specifically that said that no McDonald's workers are currently unionized. I mean, like that is really kind of like pigeonholing the idea of unionization specifically only to state or company recognized unions, because I mean, like these people are organized. They are a group of people who are speaking on behalf of labor and are for all intents and purposes, a fucking union, right? Like, uh, just the idea that you would you would just kind of have that sort of qualification is specifically to like discourage people from doing this sort of organization. And the and the paper here, what is the paper? Vice. dot com is specifically using that language, which does perpetuate anti worker sentiment.
1: Yeah, absolutely. Right, because because like the only reason that the fight for fifteen like. The McDonald's portion of that isn't just McDonald's Workers United affiliated with, you know, like uh, the I don't know the UFCW or whoever they would affiliate with. Mm-hmm. Is that is the fucking bullshit loophole that that protects McDonald's behind the fucking shield of franchise nonsense, where they're like, no, no, no every every group oh has God. to organize separately, even though mcdonald's uh, you know has an enormous amount of control over every single policy at every single one of its restaurants. Right. absolutely
2: it's what i yeah when i had alluded to that it's exactly the point is that you know they're exempt like these franchisees are exempt from like all sorts of accountability because of the obfuscation of franchisee ownership or whatever bullshit yeah. they want to do
0: yeah i mean it's like the it's the same thing they did with prop 22 Right? Like the whole classifying workers as independent contractors, it's like a fucking meaningless designation that is just a way to screw people over. And like classifying stores that. Are only franchises because they comply with your basically company policies that allow them to keep their franchise license. Like, they're running under McDonald's corporate policies. There's no ifs, ands, or buts about it. Like, it's obvious. And if you've ever worked at a McDonald's or you know anybody's ever worked at a McDonald's, you know that this is true. Like, they do what corporate says, but mm-hmm. they're not technically a corporate store. And so, all of the responsibility that McDonald's has to its worker base, who would otherwise have legal protections en masse across the country. Uh, are diffused and turned Man. into a million little whack-a-mole legal battles that McDonald's is more than capable of squashing with its giant
1: corporate machinery. Yeah,
2: I did my, I did my two years of community service at McDonald's uh, in high school.
1: Yeah, and well, and it's the same thing you see with um, another parallel between them and Amazon is the way Amazon uses, like the diffuse million tiny uh, delivery subcontractor companies uh huh yeah so that they can be like we don't have one amazon <laughs> delivery company even though every single one of these little companies is just following amazon's right. procedures uses amazon's app has to do whatever amazon says so for all intents and purposes are a part of amazon but because they can fragment it into these like hundreds of tiny sub companies that makes organizing those workers that much more difficult. It's all
0: liability math. That's the whole thing. Like this is how buildings get built too. like a contractor shows up, takes on the, the, you know, the responsibility of the entire job and then subcontracts out to a bunch of different people. So he doesn't have to take out like 19 fucking insurance loans. And it's like, why if we don't, we wouldn't need all of this fucking liability litigation that causes everything to break into these like spider webbing, like esoteric ripples of like, who's responsible. Responsible for what and what situation that ultimately just masks the power's real responsibility to the people. I know,
2: but better better than that.
0: Like, just take care of people. Like, just establish some like baseline like social and medical rights in this country because we don't fucking have any. Oh yeah, for the love of God!
2: I I I said uh, community service, but I really meant like, what is the when you're conscripted into a military for? for You got drafted into. Yeah, basically, I got drafted. That's what I meant. <laughs> I meant to yeah. refer to as being drafted into mcdonald's well,
0: that's how honestly, i feel about my time at starbucks honestly yeah <laughs>
1: give it a few years and that's what's going to be like high school if you're going to like what gets designated as like a lower class school like it'll be like here's your diploma and here are five apprenticeships at the five biggest companies you can work at yep for minimum wage for five years
0: and none of them are the new bell labs you will not ne- you will n- <laughs> yeah. you will never get to make an imprint on history being like a mid lower tier manager with a small pension for the fucking like uh, you know giant eagle corporate office in Monroeville or whatever like just fucking like th- there's no satisfaction in any of these jobs either that's that's the craziest thing to me is like the level I love of, how
2: Monroeville like, sounds in that sentence because it sounds like just a generic <laughs> city
3: <laughs>
0: <laughs> it is a generic city uh, you ever been there like uh, no but it's just like uh fucking there there's like an encoding in in American people's brains that makes them think like Oh, this is it. This is my opportunity. Like I'm going to fucking take a briefcase to uh, an industrial park every day and sign into building, you know, five C and say hi to like, and, and for what to just like crush a bunch of workers, fucking hopes and dreams with the push of a pen. And that's it. So you can take home your, (laughs) your, your what you're like. $50,000 $50,000 a year that you yes. feel like it's like it's <laughs> the, the <laughs> level of like they're 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 like turning the fucking industrial proletarian jobs that we even have left back into piecework serfdom and then they're turning the people who have to turn us back into piecework serfs into they're proletarianizing them from the petite bourgeois. Like there's no end to it. It's all just
1: upward grift and skimming. Oh, it's
2: middle people all the way down. Yeah.
1: And, and this, <laughs> this, this like breakdown, this diffusion of responsibility so that, like nobody can ever get at the actual, you know, dominating portion of this in mm-hmm. McDonald's like corporate leads to the situations that we see in the second article that we have in today about McDonald's, which is um, there's this article in CBS News uh, about four uh, women. Who worked at McDonald's, who have all either filed discrimination charges or lawsuits against McDonald's corporate uh, or their independently owned franchises, alleging uh, a pervasive culture of sexual harassment uh, and sexual assault at the company. There was an attorney uh, for the ACLU, they quote in there, Jillian Thomas, who said that hundreds of female employees have been subjected to sexual harassment at McDonald's restaurant and described as many as a hundred lawsuits and charges of discrimination and, and said, quote that the other piece of this is especially shocking at McDonald's, which of course bills itself as America's best first job Uh is how young the victims are. 15, 16, 17 years old. Mm hmm. Yep, yeah, absolutely.
0: I mean, I don't know about McDonald's firsthand, but when I worked at Starbucks, which bills itself as like one of the most progressive right. companies like in the world, uh, there was still a pervasive culture of sexual harassment, just even within the the three different stores where I ended isn't up Starbucks working. is Starbucks
2: just McDonald's for people who make $10,000 more a year?
0: It's literally the, <laughs> it, 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 Starbucks is the NBC to McDonald's Fox News. That's all that it is. They're both gigantic liberal companies. They just have a different way of going about it and a different coat of paint. That's it. They're the same. Absolutely. Yeah,
1: and so they had a, uh, a survey that they did last year of nearly 800 uh, female workers at McDonald's And three quarters of them said that they were harassed at work. And in that same survey, a majority uh, of 71% said that they suffered consequences for reporting the behavior.
2: Yeah, and I mean, that's probably not only from managers, but also from customers and managers specifically not sticking up for workers, because that's something that I've witnessed in every single job over and over is sexual harassment from customers and then managers just keeping their heads down because customers always write.
0: Yep. right. Oh, I fucking I, I witnessed like bald faced sexual harassment, like somebody trying to grab someone's private parts through their apron, basically. And what came out of that was like a mediation session with the G, not just the, the GM of the store, but also corporate. And you, do you know what was done about it? They got a fucking strike. They got a <laughs> strike, yeah. a strike out of three to, to a suspension. Like, it's so fucking ridiculous. Uh, the way that this stuff is handled and the way that it just gets fucking glossed over at the end of the day. Like, this, every time it happens, it's more serious than, like, I don't know, the whole, like, last week's events in the store or, you know, the last fucking month
2: right and even that is assuming like that person uh, like repeat offense, which a lot of those uh, harassers do yeah.
3: um,
2: then they somehow manage to stack up three and get fired move on to the next place and be a serial harasser at the next place too
0: yep and uh, you know I, I don't know for sure that that's what happened in, in this particular situation but a lot of times you get somebody in and they're a problem you know whether it's sexual harassment or whatever else and it's like oh yeah they were a manager at Big Lots before And then before that, they were a manager at Macy's. And it's like, why do they keep jumping from manager job
1: to manager job?
2: Yeah, they weren't getting fired for union activity. I'll tell you that. Yeah,
1: (laughs) that's right. Well, yeah. And and one of the women that's quoted in here... Uh, said that after she reported the harassment, that they cut her hours to down to 11 to, f- to 15 hours. They'll do mm-hmm. that, too. And that,
2: hap- yep. that happens because people are like, I don't want to work with that person who sexually harassed me. But they're And they're like, well, we're not going to fire that person, and that person is the manager, right. and so they get 40 hours, and now you get less. That yeah. I've mm-hmm. seen that happen, too.
0: That's like a soft way of firing people, too, right? right. Like, that's mm-hmm. like a lot of people quit. You have to quit. When your hours are cut from something like 40 or 35 down to something like 10 or 15, it's just not tenable. You're making a third of the money that you were making before. They're basically saying, like, you caused a problem by reporting this. Now get out of here. Right. And that's the other thing, too, is, like, there's always these, like, accountability exercises and these drives within companies and these, like, broad but kind of, like like do nothing organizations that are like we're finally going to tackle the issue of sexual harassment in the workplace and it's like there needs to be a new legal standard for this shit and i just don't have faith in the in the ruling class of right now to carry (laughs) through on anything like that like it's kind of it's a green new deal situation where it's like you would have to do something almost tantamount to socialism to really protect people's rights in the workplace whether that's sexual harassment related or whatever really but you know in particular like the the kind of conversation that we need to have about the way that people are handled in, and the like what's appropriate in a workplace can't be stemming from these like wh- who's what what era's norms are we even still working with like 90s which are kind of just a permutation of 70s uh, Workplace norms Like that's right. so fucking far out of well,
2: date And you know I think it gets that Particular issue really right is Tanya from Trillbillies uh, She had put a video out on Means TV recently About um, like sexual Sexual education and stuff like that and How consent is basically not taught And how right. there's a, like a really Deep understanding that people need to, to Get from that and have that conversation Especially with young people because It's actually specifically not taught but and it seems almost like on purpose because it right. goes so much further than just like sexual interaction. It also just it, like, do I consent to being underpaid and like not having health care? Absolutely not. Well, that's um, the thing,
0: too. Like a lot of places are begrudgingly teaching any kind of sex education or anything like that at all. And they never teach the fucking social parameters of it like Mm -hmm. it's all like if they even if they are teaching it like at the most like liberal progressive public school or like charter school you could imagine where like we treat all of our students like the special snowflakes they are like they're they're (laughs) still not teaching you like, hey, there's a social dimension to this. You need to learn emotional skills and learn how to like have an intuitive relationship with another person, so that you can actually build on that in a way that benefits you both. Like, that's just that's not even close to being in the curriculum. Yeah. You're absolutely right,
2: right? And yeah, and especially if um, there are any parents out there or people who interact with children, I, I encourage you go get a means TV subscription. Go check out that video. It's Definitely. pretty inspiring stuff. Definitely. And they
1: even mention in here that. In late 2019, McDonald's did one of those big. No, we're gonna we're gonna tackle this issue. We're gonna right. we're gonna address this head on, and they put out an extensive new policy for dealing with sexual harassment. And then we're like, well, yeah, but you know, technically, since these companies are, these uh, stores are all franchises, technically the policy is only a quote resource, not a requirement. And there's quote after quote after quote in the article from people like former and current McDonald's employees who are like yeah they if if they mentioned sexual harassment training at all when they were be like on the doing their on the job training it was in the form of hey sign this so you uh it says that you went through sexual harassment training
0: yeah
2: <laughs> and
1: that's it
0: mm-hmm. you know what we need is a f- we 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 need an open source burger place that's what we need i think that How would about, be the move
2: we need what we need burgerville right yeah get the get the the (laughs) the, the, that because uh they have the iww union honestly like
0: oh yeah that's up in
2: washington i believe only lovely
0: burgers yeah (laughs) this is this is a difficult topic to handle because it's like i don't know if there are really a whole lot of outs here i mean like like i said like if we want to do something about this it's bigger than just like tackling The McDonald's infrastructure, which is already enough of a fucking, you know, just like swimming monolith of franchisees and like all kinds of different sublettings of of power and and delegations of responsibility.
1: Yeah, Yeah, I mean, like, I feel like the sort of thing it obviously calls for is essentially a worker's bill of rights. And it's like when you actually take that to where it would need to go to be effective, it's like, hmm... Yeah. yeah. You know, if you're going to go that far, it's not that much further to be like, you know, what I think is an essential workers' right is democratic control of the workplace. <laughs> the yeah. Yeah. And then all of a
0: sudden there are CIA <laughs> agents on the park benches in all your <laughs> yeah. neighborhoods. Yeah.
1: And, uh, and so. Mick
0: Pinkerton's following all your accounts. <laughs> yeah. So, absolutely. That's, it's pretty tough. I mean, like, it really. I almost think that that's what we're going to get at some point from the Joe Biden presidency is like a D-Ray version of a workers (laughs) bill of rights. You know what I'm talking about? Like the Mm -hmm. most watered down liberal and they're going to give the most moderate like worker activists that they can find a very official position and a nice salary. And eventually they'll lead the AFL after Trumpka dies.
1: Forced arbitration is now allowed, but you have to be given access to five minutes discussion with a lawyer first.
2: (laughs) (laughs) Oh Lord. Yeah. Yeah. Speaking of inadequate rights, I think we could move to our main story, which is a continuation on our modern slavery segments, which uh, we did. Uh, One in our Patreon episode. And if you had listened to the public episode uh, two episodes ago, we did a bit on that. And we're going to talk a little bit about um, what is titled Super Exploitation. Yeah.
1: So um, when we first started talking about this, there were uh, this topic. There were a couple of like major stories that just popped back into my memory from reading about this in the past. And the kafala system that we talked about on our last Patreon episode was one of them. And the other one. Was uh, basic it, it, the global situation with uh, migrant domestic workers in general, but also specifically the plight of Filipino workers. Uh, and, and this is prompted from a recent story uh, at the end of January from The Guardian, uh, where they interviewed more than a dozen Filipino women across Asia, Europe, and the Middle East uh, since the beginning of the pandemic, most who, of whom had lost their jobs and had their salaries cut since the pandemic started, uh, and others had found themselves subject to all sorts of abuse, including physical abuse. And. Uh, the reason that I'm focusing on the Philippines for a lot of this is that, uh, the Philippines specifically has 10 million of its citizens working overseas and about a third of them are, are, uh, women working in quote unquote elementary jobs, which is another term for quote, Low unskilled labor. <laughs> right. Yeah. 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 yeah uh, I mean, and, these,
0: and, these, uh, migrant workers account for 8.8% of the Philippines total GDP, So this is like this is like a deeply systemic issue. I don't want the listeners to think that this is like just like one small group of Filipino or Filipino workers like this is this is a this is an endemic problem to the way that like migrant work is handled, especially with regards to uh, Southeast Asia.
1: Yeah. Um, and according to the International Labor Organization, there are eleven and a half million migrant domestic workers uh, around the world, and uh, approximately a quarter of those are from the Philippines. And also, that number is estimated to be much higher because that's the official numbers. Right. A- and so, any undocumented travel uh, and 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 like un quote unquote illegal work is not counted in this. Uh, and the, the general theme of this story and, and I'm kind of skipping ahead, but like, and all of these has been, has really struck home to me. You hear the quote about how borders are violence and and you see that manifested in a lot of different ways, but reading about the conditions that the thing that is, uh, the through line with all three of these stories is that all the people involved in these, uh, uh, horrible working conditions and being subjected to modern slavery are folks that were brought from another country. They were, in, they were, had, were forced to migrate from their uh, home country. And it just hammers home how the system of closed borders around the world and the incredible tight lockdown that states put on uh, workers from outside their own country is how the very essence of that, is to make those people super exploitable and to give them no recourse whatsoever to defend their labor rights and to use that to prop up the living standards for the ruling class in the, in the, the countries that use this sort of labor. Um, and so, uh, with these domestic workers, they're uh, brought in as, you know, maids, housekeepers, nannies and, and and expected to work incredibly long hours doing a huge amount of labor for incredibly low wages and um, m- about 60 percent of the, the overseas Filipino workers work in the middle East. And that if the, in, in those conditions, they are additionally subject to the kafala system, which I explained in the previous Patreon episode, uh, it essentially, it robs, uh, workers of even more rights than they have, uh, uh, in like quote unquote, you know, democracies. um, But this isn't just another, like, repeat of the situation where, like, these are all jobs in the Middle East. Uh, There are Filipino migrant workers all over uh, Europe and um, the U.S. who face essentially the same conditions they do in the Middle East, um, where, like, for instance, uh, they were, this is The Guardian, they were primarily looking at British uh, uh, jobs. And so since the the coronavirus outbreak, uh, about half of those surveyed, the Filipino migrant workers that they had lost their jobs, um, and others had seen their wages drop to less than two eighty an hour. Uh, Damn, which is less than a quarter of the UK's minimum wage. Right, and the one that this is the one that really hit me, which was that of those who got infected with the coronavirus, uh, one in four were too scared to ask the NHS for help. Because they were worried about that affecting their immigration status in the future, and this is in a country with oh, yeah. with universal health care, right, so like in addition to the fears people had like even even like when you're not like obviously here you additionally have to worry about the bill, but that like you you hear like you know the England constantly tout the n h s and you know understandably so it's a good system but this is what like closed borders and criminalizing migration does. Like you have people in the midst of a pandemic terrified to go get treatment, which is supposed to be free and available for everyone because the immigration system says that if they go do that and they're caught, uh, like, you know, working in an undocumented situation that they can be deported. They can, you know, they can go to jail. And and like you said, John, like the, it's not just like if people be like well you know if you're trapped in a bad working condition why would being deported be bad well i mean as you mentioned th- like these folks send uh how much was it 26 billion pounds a year which is about 30 billion dollars yeah back to their families in the philippines which is like like john said is almost 10 percent of the philippines total gdp like there are thousands if not millions of families in in the Philippines that depend on this money and so you have people being subjected to working 12 14 16 hour days for a quarter of the legal minimum wage who are terrified about complaining to anyone or even going to get medical treatment because even if unlike in, you know, some of the harsher countries in like Qatar, where like, even if they're not necessarily subject to going to jail or physical abuse by the state and they like getting deported means losing out on that revenue stream. And and that could mean the difference between their kids being able to go to college or being able to just, you know, eat and yep. not being able to do that. and. The, the story is full of examples of, of very similar situations that we saw in the other two stories where you have people in the Philippines who are told by a recruiter, hey, you come to America or to the UK. Uh, they want people who speak English. That's part of the reason that the uh, Filipino families tend to be targeted for these sorts of recruitment um you come here and you'll make all this money you'll be able to send it back it'll be great your kids can work a, a life you'll you'll work normal hours Da 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 they get to the country their employer takes their passport suddenly the wages are a quarter half or nothing of mm-hmm. what they said they were going to be given or they're not paid on time and so they're barely able to you know pay rent um they mention in here an example of uh, this one worker, uh, Mimi, who worked in uh, West London, who uh, was brought over by a family that she had previously lived with in Hong Kong and works 12 hours a day, five days a week, taking care of two kids under the age of 10 and is only earning $7 an hour. And at, and because of how low that is and because this is in London, <laughs> uh, she then most days has to go clean another person's house for several hours just to be able to make enough money to barely be able to afford living with three other roommates in a boarding house. And since COVID started... Uh, she's been made to do all of that work in addition to disinfecting both homes and not being given the PPE that, you know, a worker would need for this sort of thing, because these rich families that bring in these domestic workers, they don't give a shit about any of that. It's like, no, we have to keep up our normal standard of living. And, you know, if you complain, we'll just fire you. Obviously, everybody's, you know, worried about losing their job, but Specifically for migrant workers in so many places, not just in the Middle East, but even in the UK and here, you'd see this here, too, in the US, that if she gets fired, she could immediately risk being deported uh, because the, the the article mentions that until 2012, an overseas domestic worker visa allowed Filipino women to quit their jobs and find a new employer without it affecting their immigration status. But when the conservatives took power, uh, they removed that right. So now if you get fired or try to change your job, you're like, no, 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 no. You were brought in to do this job. You're not doing this job. We're sending you out. And so you have, even in country, the, the supposedly civilized and advanced and democratic West, you have the same exact conditions of modern slavery that you do in in in, you know, the the global South and in all these places where that the media portrays as that's where all where we've been managed to push all of the labor exploitation out of sight and out of mind, but it's happening in every major city because the rich are not going to go without their cheap labor.
0: Yeah. So in a lot of ways they've kind of turned the, the Filipino like migrant workforce into like uh, a real just like labor underclass of the whole world because you see these f- these problems happening in like Brazil, the United States, all across Europe, all across uh, the Middle East, you know, all across the rest of Asia. It's like it, there's it's hard to find a place that does not seem to engage in this incredibly common practice, and like a lot of this, like you said, is like some of it is above board what we know about it is technically legally above board still doesn't make it good but like it, it's documentable but like how much of this is happening in quote unquote illegal or informal economies that we don't even know right. about like where's there's so many layers of potential like unseen uh exploitation right. happening and under the surface here
2: yeah and when people are putting put in these situations i mean uh i'm certain that it's really easy for people who are especially nefarious to basically say, Oh, I'm giving you room and board. That's, that should be enough. Yep.
1: Right. Yep. Yeah, absolutely. Well, yeah. And, and so these lack of rights directly contributes to the incredibly high rate, like rate of basically slavery, which is referred to, you know, as women being trafficked in right. this, basically forced to be a, a house slave, basically to clean the house for nothing. Um, and there was a study that was done um, on the National Human trafficking hotline in the u s that showed that uh, the the largest single category and this is covers all forms of human trafficking and the largest single category that was reported over the over a period from 2007 to 2017 the largest category was involving domestic workers and uh, they have a quote in here that like that's attributed in part. To the near total lack of interim legal options. There's no way to get justice, get back pay, or otherwise get help before a situation becomes intolerable or escalates into trafficking. And even in cases where people report trafficking and the system actually believes them, they mention in the UK, if folks report trafficking and are accepted, the workers are still not allowed to work in the country until their visa application is processed. Which could take three years And until then they're expected to live On an as- asylum support Allowance of $55 a week Wow So like <laughs> That's your That's the way they have No no we're fighting trafficking By forcing people Into an unlivable poverty situation yeah. Well like, I just, mean come just on open rent, the is, rent,
2: rent is easily $200 a month right <laughs> Right <laughs> Yeah <laughs>
0: Like, just open the fucking borders. Like, just let people live somewhere, you know, for the love of God. Like, I know, like, remember when the election was happening and everybody was like, oh, I'm going to move out of the country. Like, do you know how fucking hard it is to actually gain residency in another country? And that's being from America. Like, a lot of doors are actually open to us. Uh, For a lot of people, like, entering a country illegally is the only way they can get in there to make Mm -hmm. money, period. And that's, that subjects them to an incredible amount of exploitation.
1: And there was a quote in here that just really, I thought like summed it up, which it's like, I don't know if this person was giving, was, was being a bit sardonic or if they were being just starry eyed optimist or well, like, you know, naive, but there, there was a quote in here from the report that said, quote, The system by which many domestic workers from foreign countries enter the United States is so poorly designed that it could arguably be said to encourage exploitation and trafficking. And it's like, yeah, <laughs> I'm sure you're it here. does. Yeah. Oh no,
2: uh, you just figuring this one out, I guess. Yeah. <laughs> all right. Yeah. I mean, like,
1: honestly, I'm not surprised at all. Yeah. You. And it's 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 this glaring contrast between like the laws we have res- like around the movement of capital and like finance and the way you can move money from country to country oh no we gotta we gotta pull out all the stops and set up free trade agreements with every country in the world but if you as a worker want to physically move like you've almost created like yeah it's you you've got these striations from modern slavery to this like modern feudal surf class who's who's Mm -hmm. who may be technically paid as workers but their movements are incredibly restricted yeah and and yeah so this uh i guess to sum this up this this is a situation that unlike some of the stuff that we were looking at the other two stories is not necessarily focused on one area like there's examples in this like john said this was in like the UK, all over Europe, the United States, Brazil, which has six million domestic workers, <laughs> yeah. uh, all all over the Middle East, and is an incredible. Um, a lot
0: of people don't know that like Brazil is one of the most like wealth stratified countries in the yes. world as well, and especially in the southern regions, where the culture is really a lot more like a European country than you would expect, because it's filled with wealthy white Europeans, many of whom moved there during the forties. Don't ask them about it.
1: Um. <laughs> yeah <laughs> so this is the thing it's like you, t- you you hear all this stuff when they teach you what little labor history is ever taught in any of our schools about well you know we ended slavery even though it's like well the u.s was like the last country to do that so we I don't didn't know even do thinking. it we still haven't right well and then you find <laughs> out oh, well it's like no actually we still have prison slavery and there's also still slavery benefiting the U S all over the world, including yeah. still in the U S uh-huh. it's just not recognized as such. And it's not ever reported on because it benefits everybody who, you know, is the one paying to make sure the media reports what it does. Yeah. Well, yeah. they did, they
0: never wanted to abolish the function of slavery, right? Cause the function of slavery makes people, makes already wealthy people an incredible <laughs> amount of money. They just needed to abolish the category of slavery the the nomination the like the putting a name to it and the more that they do that the more that they can actually bring back so many elements of chattel slavery which is what we commonly think of because we 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 should call it what it is as well because like there are so many forms of slavery we should remind people like chattel slavery is not the only type like wage slavery is just as legitimate especially when people are being paid something like you know Two and a half dollars
1: an hour or pounds or Mm -hmm. whatever.
2: Twenty dollars a day, you know? Yeah,
1: exactly. Yeah, to to try and afford rent in London. Yeah.
2: It reminds me of how what what I can't remember how exactly it was received what when Andrew Yang was like oh we should pay like um stay-at-home mothers for the unpaid labor of keeping up the house and like people were I mean obviously the the pay house workers movement from the 70s which which kind of failed was like you know kind of the beginnings of that and I and I just like really want to remind people that there are a lot of people out there doing it Immense amounts of unpaid work. And I mean, like, yeah. I don't mean to, to platform sure. Andrew Yang because he fucking sucks. Piece of shit. But, like, yeah. I, yeah, well, I just, like,
0: you know, the idea of UBI is good. We just can't do the Andrew Yang UBI, which is horrible right, yeah. and, like, liberal and going to be crazy means tested and everything. We yeah. need, like, a good socialist UBI that takes a lot right. of money from rich people and gives it to everyone else.
2: Yeah. Oh, and, and I was when I was referring to $20, I was just thinking about when I was reading... About like surrogacy in India and how mm, um, yeah. how surrogates are paid about two twenty five hundred to five thousand per pregnancy. It's about seven to it's or it's about seven to eight months worth of labor, twenty four hours a day. Uh, and when you when you do that math out, it equals uh, between ten and twenty dollars a day. Um, that is
0: incredible. That's yeah. wild. I did not yeah. know that. Uh,
2: I don't want to get way too deep in that. That's another <laughs> That's a total, There's actually so much more to that particular topic. It would, yeah, I don't. Yeah,
1: so I'm just, I'm just glad that we were able to highlight some of this stuff that really doesn't get talked about very much. But I know it's not necessarily you know the happiest point to end on. So I know B, you found a little more. Uh, yeah, upbeat it's, of a story. I was for like, us to talk because
2: we, we were considering putting <laughs> M- Myanmar. And then the the military coup and like the the strike that's going on there, but we're actually gonna we're gonna do that on the Patreon episode. Yeah. <laughs> Turns out military
0: coups are like a whole can of worms that you have to open up very carefully.
2: do. <laughs> yeah. and go so instead we're gonna cover this uh, brewery, this craft brewery in Columbus, which well, was yeah. actually uh, sent to me by one of our our good friends from uh, the Discord, and uh, this is specifically a brewery called which I actually put so many notes in here. It's called, <laughs> and it, oh, it's called Platform. Platform. It's like, I'm just like, I can't find the word because it's such like a <laughs> yeah. generic word. But anyway, um, basically, uh, there was this brewery and everybody quit. Like, everybody just quit and walked the fuck out. It was cool. Um, But they wrote this really, like, this uh, two-page letter or a front-and-back page letter um, that actually went over a lot of their grievances, which they said that they had very much so worked to address. Uh, And um, then there's also a response from the company, which... I think is it, there's a lot of things to kind of look at here, which really exemplify a lot of the labor struggle under COVID-19. And uh, and I just wanted to start with a little bit of history about this business. And um, this particular brewery was started in uh, 2014, and the owners say that it was, like, meant to be, like, a strong community-building business and all that. But somehow, with by, within five years, they had sold to Anheuser-Busch—
0: <laughs> classic, classic um, beer move. Yeah. And, there's only like fucking four beer companies left in the United States anymore. We have a million varieties of, of like quote unquote craft beer, and they're all made by like Miller Coors, Anheuser-Busch, uh, Molson, and whoever they, I think they merged with Heineken, if I remember correctly. And then there's another one. It's like, that's all we yeah. fucking get.
2: So, so clearly it was just some people trying to make a few bucks, and yep. uh, they, the, the... Sign which actually I might just use as the the art, so you might have seen it already. But it just says, The entire platform Columbus crew has quit, the tab room is closed until further notice. Thank you. Like they literally put a sign (laughs) on the door and left. (laughs) Um, and and they wrote this grievance letter which claims that uh praise for pan uh praise for the workers uh in light of the pandemic has been entirely performative. They the business has been quote shattering goals, so the obviously the business has been making. Tons of money in the pandemic, but yet, uh, the on site workers, especially at this particular um uh, tap room, and I think they do some brewing there, has received no hazard pay. Um, the because also in the diminished amount of people who are coming into establishments, an eight hour shift for workers uh affords them about less than twenty dollars in tips, many like many different days, which if you're a tipped worker, you know that 20 bucks is ain't yeah. shit. It's that is not nothing. shit. Um, yeah. And hourly workers are required to do hard tasks uh, that salaried workers, uh, salaried sales workers are not required to do. And there is, like, I was, I'm sure that there's some nuance in there. And uh, if you, I'll, you should check out the actual letter. Um, uh, there's, like, a tweet, which I think we can link to in the in the episode notes. But, uh just, like, differences in in required work. Um, And then there is this kind of... Perception that the workers said was that the company when when um, acquired by Anheuser-Busch had tried to quote like lower overhead, which really meant just squeeze the workers for every little ounce of money that they can get Um, highly underpaid, like uh, like skeleton shifts. Like so even though the um, the it's a little slow during the pandemic, they're still like busting their ass like crazy because they won't hire enough people to actually like make the job doable. Which, right. if you've ever worked in food work, that's almost every shift. It's not uncommon at all. It's it's atrocious. But, I mean, it was happening here. Um, they said that, that three or more workers had been diagnosed with COVID and no one had been informed. Like, Jesus. they literally just didn't tell anyone that they very had been, normal, including peop- cool. s- someone who was in the kitchen. That, like, and Great. they didn't just, dis- they didn't. Closed down. They didn't disinfect anything. They literally just kept going business as normal. Um, they said that there was black mold in the cooler, and it's spreading to their main cooler. And as longtime listeners of this podcast know, it's actually about mold. It's like we, we, this is a podcast about mold, and <laughs> we are right. here again to talk about black mold in the brewery freezer. And it's fucked. <laughs> yeah yeah and one of the other things that i think that we've seen pop up on occasion is they said that there's this the old general manager or gm had basically uh been listening to a lot of their demands and then had been had like left the company or been fired there it's uh, it's unclear as to why this gm uh, was no longer working for the company but they left in january and have not been replaced and It really makes me think, at least based on how these workers have put together this list of grievances, that this GM was like, yo, this is fucked up. And then that person probably got fired because they were standing up for the workers. Absolutely. And uh, then I have a little quote, the very last line, which is, for reasons listed above and others, we have all resigned. The tap room is closed and locked. Regards, the entire Columbus Tap Room staff. Fuck yeah, like
1: <laughs> fuck all y'all. We out. <laughs>
2: yeah, I uh, yeah. um, b- big energy. Absolutely, I I love the. The I mean it would be nice if there was something else they could do, but I mean also I mean Anheuser Busch in I don't know how their like union works. I'm pretty sure they are technically a unionized company, but I don't know if this particular tap room necessarily gets any of those benefits. I'm I I probably should look a little bit into like how their union relationship works, but clearly. These particular workers did not actually have any representation on the on the job, and because of it, uh, decided to give the business the middle finger. I guess, but. The company responded by saying we're temporarily closing our Columbus tap room uh, and we take this sort of issue very seriously. Over the last year, our priority has been the health and safety of our employees and our guests. We have implemented health and safety protocols that closely follow <laughs> CDC and local health authority guidelines, including contract tracing and proper communication following positive cases of COVID-19, which is clearly a lie. Yeah. Like they literally the grievances on the letter said that the workers had not been informed or unless the CD like this contact tracing means not telling people like clearly they are not doing that shit. And they're well, fucking lying Well, they buyers. didn't say
1: to be fair, they didn't say when they implemented these protocols. Maybe they implemented them after everyone quit because they're just like, see, we don't have to do anything new because we have no employees. (laughs) Right. Well, and it's just like, they're not even talking
0: about concrete
1: things that they're doing. They're just saying that
0: they're following guidelines. Following guidelines is just a lie. It's always a lie. Guidelines are always lies.
1: They just copied and pasted this from a template they got from their PAs. Yeah, absolutely.
2: (laughs) Uh, We're committed to making sure that all of our employees know that their feedback will be heard anytime and anywhere starting on Monday. We will be scheduling small group conversations with all employees across all locations uh, as an open forum to ask questions about how we can address any issues immediately. I hope that they're like... Why don't like where's the fucking union? Why like why don't you give me this business? Like fuck you, Anheuser (laughs) Busch. I think I just posted uh, on on my uh, I post like extreme statuses sometimes and sometimes not so extreme. But I was like, if you do any union busting or like fuck with your workers, like the you should it should be illegal, and then you should be forced to forfeit your business to the workers. Like and and that could be a really great way of starting to give Seems the workers fair. businesses <laughs> but yeah then it was like the platform co-founders who signed the letter and it makes me think that like maybe they stayed a part of it when they sold to anheuser bush and that they basically just got a huge buyout and a huge amount of money but they still wanted to be like the public figureheads Head or some bullshit i don't yeah. know fuck those people um fuck justin carson and fuck paul benner yeah fuck those ass. two people
0: <laughs> sell the anheuser bush and then you you hold on to your like title so you can like still hang around the brewery and be like hey we doing good at this table and like nobody wants to talk to you and you're just like okay good thank you so much <laughs> yeah. Yeah, that's all that. they do that's all owners and managers fucking do they walk around and they schmooze unsuccessfully and that's it getting that's their
1: incredibly whole job. rich because you managed to sell this business that you didn't do any of the work of but wanting to stay at the job right so that you can go up to the fucking people walking the line and go working hard or hardly working oh my god ah!
2: punch you in the face
3: <laughs> it's friday you guys want some pizza later
1: i'll order some pizza
0: actually you know these... we, we make pizza johnny make us a pizza like that's really the
1: whole that's I'm telling like, you all these freaks love that shit
2: <laughs> yeah oh fuck uh speaking speaking of absolutely hilarious shit i think we can move on to the meme review yeah,
0: it's time for the meme review i don't understand this first one me Me yeah, I know. I, it's
2: literally a reference to the... To the, the cha-cha
0: slide.
3: Yeah. <laughs> to
2: what we, oh. No, the joke that you made in the fucking uh, 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 in stream. Club, yeah, follow John, <laughs> on,
3: yeah.
2: <laughs> follow John on YouTube because he, we make great jokes in there. Yeah, yeah. But, but yeah. what's the
0: screenshot from? I, I see that it says left foot let's stomp. That's from the
2: 1984 movie. That's
0: the 1984 movie? Yeah, that's Big oh, Brother. Yeah. That's I why I was seen confused. that since ninth grade. <laughs> <laughs>
1: <laughs> yeah So it's, it's big brother telling us how to do the cha-cha slide <laughs> yeah, that's that's correct charlie
3: brown <laughs> <laughs> <That laughs>
0: let's stop um, i mean like uh i i i would love to know what adorno thinks of the cha-cha slide <laughs> that's what i want to know or right, wait, wait is that what that, this is sounds part two what, what how does he bring it in the cha-cha s- because it's like part two, right? That was always confusing. I'd be at the middle school dance and it'd come on and he'd be like... Y'all
2: heard this one or you remember it from before or whatever. Or yeah, yeah, like yeah. You
0: you all heard this before and I'm like, no, this no, is the only one no. I've ever
2: heard. <laughs> 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 yeah, it that was, was good, always confusing.
0: It always got people dancing because, uh, you know... Especially if you went to like a predominantly white public school, uh, I imagine most of the people at that school needed instructions to be able to actually get out (laughs) on the floor and dance. Uh, And it it did encourage that. So this is very funny. I I, I really like it. I knew it was supposed to be some totalitarian vision of dystopia. Um, I just wish... I wish science fiction authors had been a little bit more imaginative about what the internet was going to do to our brains.
3: <laughs> yeah,
2: I guess we do. We have a modern response, which is the next meme, which is just actually a yeah. photo. <laughs> so it's, yeah. it's just a photo of a mug, and it's, it's the future is on the mug. And then there's a sticker right below that says, uh, reduced for quick sale, $2. <laughs>
1: <laughs> yeah, I saw this one a lot of places. Yeah, and who knows what it said before? <laughs>
2: Good shit. It's really like, uh, like uh, um, what is it? Like Goodwill. You go into the goodwill you see the little stickers on on all of the things get this honestly
1: though mug. the mug the way stuff's been going i think two dollars may be a bit steep yeah for the future <laughs> two dollars
2: for a
0: future what right is this, a, what is this a commodity future i was talking about <laughs> just the future
2: yeah yeah and then like i i pu- pulled in this quote from oreos and nilla wafers famous child slavery companies Uh, which, 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 uh, I thought kind of fit in that, in that vein, which is them kind of bringing up these like, Trans rights like Oreos said Trans rights yeah, well yeah. Also they are uh, part of the Mondelez Nabisco company which is Currently being yeah. sued for child two Suits,
0: sla- <laughs> two suits at, at Mondelez just being like Oh fuck oh shit we're getting sued for child Slavery make the cookie Twitter account tweet in support of trans People it's right. time to bring out the big guns
2: Right the Mellow <laughs> Wafer's One I think is the funnier one Because they're responding to Oreos saying trans people Exist and they say trans people not only exist, exist, but are valued and loved by Nilla wafers.
1: Wow,
0: Nabisco had to one-up Mondelez.
1: <laughs> Which is really, the I think, the thing that... Trans folks have really been lacking in American society. Not you know recognition of their rights as human beings, or you know granting of their agency. No, but being
2: valued and loved by Nilla wafers. <laughs> That's right. <laughs> <laughs> oh my god! can you do you, this meme that I've got? This next one in here. Do you, is there like a name for this meme? Because you're the you're oh, the meme yeah, expert. The,
0: um hey, little guy, how's it going? I think that's yeah. what it originally was. And you, like, walk up to a baby, and the baby's, like, sputtering gibberish and, like, spitting, basically. And you're like,
1: yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, but this one, it's it's talking to the, you know, the neoliberal globe emoji. Yeah. Being like, hey, how's it going? And then the next panel is just one of the many incredibly infuriating, horrible fucking takes by Libs lately. And this is... uh it's a four panel thing. And the top one is a picture of Biden's uh, quote unquote overflow facility. And it says Trump lovers accusing Biden of putting immigrant children back in cages. And then the next one is a picture of a trailer park and says, really, they're just jealous because kids be living in better conditions than them. And then the, the guy who asked the libs is just like, Holy fucking shit. Yeah, yes. there's it's it's not it's not
2: yeah, it's like Jesus Christ. This yeah. is where the fuck we are.
0: The way the way that liberals have been going to bat for Biden just like right out of the gate and like doing doing all the things that they would be like screaming and shitting themselves if Trump was doing. Like I it, it it's a weird political situation to be in because you don't want to be like uh you know The liberals can just attack you and be like, oh, you think Trump wasn't worse than this? Right? Oh, (laughs) you you think Trump wasn't worse than this? Are you fucking kidding me? And it's like, (laughs) this is all the same shit. It's it's a complete through line. Oh, like Bush, Obama, Trump, Biden. It's all the same policy all the way through. Blue MAGA and MAGA are the same
1: thing. They just like use slightly different talking points. Exactly. Absolutely.
0: They have different buzzwords that mean the same shit.
1: It's been so jarring, like obviously on all the, during the election, the run up to it, like this is incredibly easy to predict. People being like, yeah, it's going to suck when Biden gets in there and doesn't change anything. And the liberals start defending him. But like the speed and the, the, the viciousness with which they have done that has just been really shocking and frustrating. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. Cause like between this and all the shit from a couple of weeks ago, uh, or maybe it was last week. What the fuck is time? Where they're talking about, oh, haha, look at all the idiots in Texas who don't have power. I guess they should vote blue. Right.
2: <laughs> yeah. No, it's this the exact same shit. thing. Just this one is like about. People being put in death camps, children being put in death camps. Yeah. So, well,
0: on the same level of just libs being absolutely fucking brain dead, <laughs> half the time we have a Simpsons meme to end on. <laughs> I love a good Simpsons meme. So, yeah. this is just Lenny and Carl walking up to a rotating lazy Susan of tiny cakes,
1: it looks like. Yeah, I think it's cake slices. <laughs>
0: And uh, Lenny says, "Hmm, I wonder what makes it turn." And Carl says, "Who cares?" <laughs> and then we see down below, it's Homer being whipped by a man dressed like a like a hangman, <laughs> like an executioner. yeah, like a
1: medieval executioner, yeah,
0: whipping him and making him turn a gigantic wheel <laughs> manually <laughs> to keep the the cake thing turning. And the cake thing is labeled Nordic economic model. So I've mentioned this a few times on the show before because people like to try and like inch us towards a Canadian or a Nordic style, uh, economic model. And the economic conditions for that simply don't fucking exist because the U S does hard imperialism and not soft imperialism. And we were never geographically close enough to a big enough communist power to have the necessity to actually grant our working class, some protections in exchange for the absence of a communist revolution. Unfortunately, (laughs)
1: <laughs> uh. <laughs> yeah absolutely this is just, <laughs> yes. i just like this one because it's illustrative of yeah the fact that all social democracy is ultimately still propped up by uh global imperialism yeah yeah because like those nice you know cute quote unquote worker friendly states over in scandinavia all of those systems are propped up by either or and usually both um Uh, Extractive petrochemical industries In the case of Norway uh, Mm -hmm. Or everyone else uh, Huge imperialism by Scandinavian uh, Corporations Yeah, Yeah,
0: Definitely well and major contracts with The United States and Great Britain and Germany and Russia and
1: as uh, our partners In neocolonialism
0: Saudi Arabia And Israel and if you all
1: understand
2: (laughs) This particular Set of memes and, and the discussion around It you'll understand our first rule in the discord Which is no lib shit Uh, (laughs) speaking of join the discord, um, and become a patron, uh, check out those other awesome episodes. We're going to be doing Myanmar next week. So, uh, look forward to that. Um, and then also, uh, tell your friends about us. We really like, we do this to keep everyone informed and we love doing it. Uh, follow John at Facebook villain on Twitter. Um, Dan and I are in the discord. We hang out there pretty often. Um, And feel free to just tag us or whatever. And also check out Red Game Table. Dan uh, does the Real Play podcast uh, with one of the ex-proles of the round table. I think that that's it. And beep beep lettuce. Oh, and beep right. lettuce, right. Yeah, yeah and check and out my
0: YouTube channel and my Twitch yeah. stream and the book we, I'm writing that is. We've isn't got a media
2: them. network. <laughs> <laughs> Hell yeah. Yeah. Anyway, uh look I said solidarity forever.
0: Solidarity, everybody. Keep it up out there, everyone.